Hey, babe, I got this awesome new podcast I've been listening to. Oh, yeah, what is it? It's the promo we're about to do. What's it about? You'll just have to listen to it. Oh, crap, we're recording. Hey, it's Jonah. And T. And we're from the Blue Collar Enlightenment Show. And today you're listening to... Patriot Sports Radio. Evidently, the Honorable Judge Sue L. Robinson is about as useful to the NFL as the skip intro button on an episode of Letterkenny. Aw, she thought she was part of the process. Isn't that adorable? They collectively bargained to do it this way, handed off to a separate arbitrator. They did it this way. She ruled based on the letter of the policies that they collectively bargained. And now Commissioner Goodell has asked for a do-over because nothing says we empower women like taking her decision and wiping your ass with it. What did he say? Thanks, sweetheart, but we got it from here. This is Patriot Sports Radio. Patriot Sports Radio. Fed up with the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media. If it's sports, from the high school level to the pros, we're talking about it. Like the red-blooded Americans we are. God bless America. God bless America. God bless America. Let's do this. Here's Eric, John, Chris, and the coach. Welcome back, my friends. If you're new, then welcome in Patriot Sports Radio. My name is Eric. I am your host. Glad to have you with us. and Thank you for your reviews. Hey, we picked up a couple more five stars on Spotify. You guys are the best. New presentation today. You love to see it. Coach is off doing coach things, getting the boys ready for another great season. But here's the important fact. Chris is back. Fuck yeah, bro. Chris is back doing the real work so we don't have to. And for that, we are thankful. We've gotten uh We've got John coming to us from Standard Mountain, the Forgotten Time Zone. Angela's here also, probably displaying her Joe Namath poolside photo. We're off and running. It says here, John, ask about Rado. John, on a 1 to 10, how douchey is it to say Rado in place of Colorado? I think it's pretty douchey. Jeez, uh, you don't even hear that unless they're from, like, California and trying to fit in. It's like Frisco. And those guys are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. like the fibs of Denver. Oh, sorry, yeah. John. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't mind. I don't. All mind. right, sports. Well, not yet. The Choco Taco is back. Maybe. Our voices have been heard. Klondike understands they fucked up. Now, if they could package the sugar-free bars in a different color packaging than the full-strength Klondike bars, mm-hmm. I'd be happy. But this is all a big maybe. They've said it could return, quote, sometime in the coming years. Yeah, it reminds me of when I'd ask to borrow the car and get a maybe. That shit ain't happening. I'll keep an optimistic point of view, though. I hope it does happen. What, are they trying to give this the McRib treatment? Yeah. Uh, maybe. It'll That's be back and it, just make them. Figure yeah, it yeah. out. If they Figure come back, they're going to have like a, you're going to have like a black market Choco Taco thing going <laughs> Yeah, then you're going to have fentanyl lace Choco Tacos because now it's on the black market and all you yeah. just wanted was a nice treat on a Sunday afternoon. Adam ruins <laughs> everything. He'll do an episode about how drumsticks are a cartel now and we're irresponsible if we buy them. I question the legitimacy of this outrage, though. I wasn't exactly seeing every third person walking around with a Choco Taco. We wouldn't be here <laughs> if all these people actually loved Choco Tacos. It reminds me of when Prince died and I learned that all of my friends who never once put it on in the car or at a party were all deeply devoted, lifelong Prince fans. It <laughs> strikes me the same way as that. Well, that was also the year every celebrity was dying. That was also the year David Bowie died. So I think everybody was already in their in their feelings corner. And then when uh, Prince had that crazy, well, he he OD'd, right? Um, that I think that was the kind of the final straw for everybody. Yeah, it was a tough one. I believe the Super Bowl was in Minnesota that year. They did a big tribute. Am I remembering that incorrectly? I, I know he did one of the greatest halftime shows of all time. Yes, that, that could be what's in my legit. mind. Yeah, yeah, that could be well, what's that was in my amazing. mind. And it rained while he was doing it. That was fabulous. Yeah. I mean, how perfect. Bad news, Chris. Josh Hader is gone. Um, he loves Milwaukee. He says it sucks that he's leaving, but he can't control it. Talked about his journey, growing as a player, yada, yada. He posted the thank you video, slow piano music on Instagram, the whole thing. So... <laughs> He's off to the Padres, who are loading up right now to go after the Dodgers. We here at Patriots Force wish him the best, I guess. Chris, did Devin Williams try to close a game yet? 
So I'll tell you that uh, Josh Hader will make more than the entire uh, Brewers organization next year. And yeah. Devin Williams looked like a fucking upgrade last night. I mean, he just he up and down, back and he looks good. Devin's good. He'll be a he'll be a great. He's going to be a great closer. We had a we had a great setup man. He, he he's a natural closer. He just couldn't get on the bump because of Hader. He'll be fine. Well, we didn't it, we we didn't lose anything. Nice, in my opinion. We lost a 97-mile-an-hour yeah. high fastball that came with a, a, a new slider that was trying to be developed but never really took off. And I've seen Josh Hader get fucking absolutely ripped in bad situations. Yeah, um, totally. Against, yeah. against good teams in the playoffs. And Devin Williams, that's not his, that's not his repertoire. That guy has eight pitches that are eight, eight of the best in the league. So that's, he, he is a natural closer and will be fine. You that's can't just – you can't just guess high fastball on Devin Williams and be right half the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe that'll help the clubhouse out then, because if this wasn't popular with them, Corbin Burns said, you know, he was his best friend on the team. He understands the business council kind of had the same sentiment. And then Mark Atanasio was cornered in the dugout by some reporters and he was uncomfortable talking about it. Uh, a lot of hate from fans towards old Mike right now, calling him a cheap ass. I don't know if it's justified. I think we're a small market team. You have to catch lightning in a bottle. 2018, they did that, but it didn't carry him all the way. I shared that opinion on the social medias, and I was told that Milwaukee is not a, sm- a small market team. Mm-hmm. So they have no excuse. He just needs to spend the money. <laughs> I don't know. I assume the they don't live here. of a small market team. We are, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's we you in Kansas City. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I was saying. We have to do like what Kansas City did. Just line all the all the things up just right and get lucky. Yeah, we, we gotta draft have a- well and we have to we and we have to coach our guys up. I mean that's just who yeah. we are because we're gonna lose them and that's okay. We knew hater how could we pay hater? Seriously. Right. Oh you can't. You can't pay hater. We paid Yelich. You get one guy. It was Brian, right. and then it was Yelich, and that's where we're at. We're not paying a yeah. we're not playing a closer named Josh Hader when you have the fucking number one setup man right right in front of him, Devin Williams, who is the natural closer, who who will we will have an arbitration for the next three years. Like, why would we pay Josh Hader six hundred and seventy billion dollars or whatever he's going to make? He's going to make a lot of money. A lot. Yeah. He's going to make five hundred million dollars. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Like, we can't pay him that actually, when you have Devin Williams sitting right in front of him. Well, that doesn't even make sense. Sorry, yeah. that's my rant. I do love her. I'm not. A, I'm you know, not, drill, you know? Yeah. like if you're a Brewer fan, you know the drill. You expect this. It's what happens. Like, so people who are pissing and moaning kind of don't get how it goes. <laughs> and yeah. he is good. So we'll be just fine. Yeah, these could be younger fans. So what did we get? As far as the return, Milwaukee received four dudes you've never fucking heard of in your life. Reliever Taylor Rogers sounds like either a reliever or a solo country act. A guy named Dinelson Lamette, Robert Gasser. Yeah, that's a real name. And another definitely real person named Estuary Ruiz. So, yeah. This we'll is Craig Council's opportunity to mold them like a mail order brides. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> we'll see. I'm glad to see uh, Williams is stepping into the closer role with some authority. Now, if everybody else can, because when you pull a guy out of a bullpen, everybody else needs to sort of shift and fall into the next slot. So if that can work nicely, like it did with Knable and Hader, you know, so <laughs> that's what we're going for. Yeah, our bullpen looks fine. When you have guys like uh, Brent Suter in there, and he's a veteran, he's been around, he's a glue guy. Boxberger. I mean, they, they've got some older guys in there that, that it will. And Devin Williams is well-loved on the team. I don't know about when he punched the wall last year, but <laughs> oh. he's well-loved. We all know that the guys all came out for him. So they'll be fine. Brett Suter is the ultimate glue guy. I mean, if there's one guy in the entire major leagues I could hang out with, I think even if you offered me the big name guys, I'd pick Brent Suter. <laughs> you could just go hang out with that guy. Nobody knows who he is. So you wouldn't even get mobbed by fans. Walk into a cafeteria and do a full Mean Girls like rendition right there. (laughs) (laughs) The Padres were not done. The second that hater trade went through, I said to myself, self, they're going to land Soto as well. So you better make that wager right now. And I did at a red light, San Diego plus 950 to win the NL. 
It is now plus 475. By the time I got home, it would probably been six to one. You know, got to strike while your enemy is unawares or whatever Sun Tzu said. So they're likely not going to be able to keep Juan Soto or even Josh Bell for that matter, but who knows? It's California. They're probably charging 500 per, for parking. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll find the cash. Money isn't even real in California. So it's just <laughs> numbers on a screen to them. Maybe they can afford these guys. I, I can't wait. Everybody loves talking about the Dodgers and how good they are, but I can't wait to see the Dodgers collapse. They've only won one World Series since 88, and that was in COVID, and that doesn't even count. Uh, I watched it firsthand when the Cubs were good for those three, four years. Uh, Kershaw is going to collapse. Uh, you know, you you can buy a lot of talent, but you can't buy a championship ring in baseball. It comes down to voodoo magic in the playoffs. You got guys, we talked a couple podcasts ago, like uh, – like Murphy, who just come out of nowhere and elevate a team to be better than what they are. I, I love to see the Padres make a deep run. I think it will be a three-team race between the Dodgers, Padres, and, and Yankees for the World Series. Uh, so I probably won't be watching a whole lot of baseball here on out, but I will definitely be tuning in for the playoffs and, and the inevitable collapse of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah, I'll be glued to the baseball until it's done. Um, But I totally agree with you, John. And Kershaw is just a perpetual choker. It's his thing. That's what's going to happen. So you're probably right. I think it would be super exciting to see the Padres, like, storm the mountain and bring her home. It would be cool, even though I'm a Dodger fan. (laughs) Do you think they'll get the Vince Scully bump? No. No, 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 I don't. I don't think they will. I don't. He's been gone. Even Yasiel Puig, well-known douchebag, came out and said some flowery, wonderful things about Vince Scully. I was like, I didn't even know this guy had that in him. I thought he was pure garbage. Yasiel Puig. That's how it got here. That's awful. (laughs) That is still paying. I think he's still paying his cartel. Oh. Yeah, they it's have true. I, I, there was a whole ESPN uh, magazine about that. It gets shady. Some of the ways these guys get here, you feel for them that they can't just freely come here and they got to pay the shadiest people on earth to get them here. And then, you know, sometimes you get lightning in a bottle and you're Yasiel Puig and you make a ton of money. But those guys still have your number. Yeah. Yeah. A percentage is a percentage, regardless of the amount. Um, yeah, they have TV. <laughs> exactly. They have Tatis Jr. and Machado already. And all these guys are in their early 20s and top tier players who will be crazy expensive. Haters, what, like 24? Something like that. Yeah. So, and by the way, how pissed is Luke Voigt? Eric Hosmer was supposed to be in this deal. Uh, he ex- exercised his no trade clause and said, no, you're not sending me to DC. He was then traded to Boston. And today, Luke Voigt is a net. So long, sunny Los Angeles. Hello, District of Columbia. Just in time for summer to be over. Enjoy. Oh, I mean, what a dick. Oh, Josh is 28 already? Yeah, the, it was time then. I I don't hate this. I don't hate this deal at all. This is big picture stuff. Us, we intellectuals, understand <laughs> that Stearns is doing a masterful job. Well, at least a pretty good job. Speaking of Vin Scully, we lost Vin Scully, the best to ever do it, synonymous with baseball. Mr. Scully was the play-by-play man for the Los Angeles Dodgers for 67 years. I can't even fathom that. Crossed over to the good place after 94 years on Earth with us mortals. I asked everyone to bring a fond Vin Scully memory today, and I also said dibs on the socialism rant. It was during a Brewers-Dodgers game at beautiful Miller Park. What it is, what it was, what it will always be. And Hernan Perez was at the plate. He's from Venezuela. And this game was taking place during the unrest down there. And Vin Scully gave his take on socialism, and it was perfect. It fails just as it always does. Anytime they're telling you something's for free, all of a sudden there's no food. And, you know. Vince Scully's been around the block a few times. He knows what he's talking about. Very concise, very well thought out. I just, I mean, what a national treasure. He goes back, like I told um, Angela yesterday, he goes from black and white television to the alien technology HD LCD shit we have now. It's wild. He's seen everything in baseball media that there is to see. Yeah, he was amazing and um, so eloquent, and you could listen to him for hours and hours and hours. 
And um, he embodied everything that is amazing about baseball and was able to pass that along to anybody who was listening. And of course, of course, of course, my favorite moment was like the quintessential calling of um, Gibson's home run, of course, in the 88 World Series, which was amazing. And um, that was it was an incredible moment in baseball history, probably one of the most incredible uh, for many, many reasons. But I think that, you know, I was a little kid back then. And so for me to watch that all unfold and he brought like if you watch and rewatch and rewatch it again and again, the way that he builds up to that moment, actually, like he knew it was possible that it could possibly happen. And he was depicting Gibson as being all but in a wheelchair. Yes. So, it was like anything that might have happened was going to be magnanimous because of how he led up to it, um, which was great. And that's essentially what got me hooked as a baseball fan forever. Like it was an incredible moment because of him. And after it happened, he had the wherewithal to shut his mouth and just let everybody watch on TV what was happening before he had anything to say about it afterwards. Um, but he was a, an incredible, incredible broadcaster. And I like, uh, it's heart wrenching that he's dead. Everybody knows he wasn't going to live forever, but when, now that he's gone, he's taking with him, like really, you know, a piece of, I don't know, broadcasting gold that can't be duplicated. There's so many people who are out there who just don't even come close to him. And just a small handful of, you know, greats that are still alive and around that we need to treasure completely before they're gone too. Um, but I just, he was unbelievable. So great. Like I, I was sad. I'm still sad about it. <laughs> I agree with all that stuff. Yeah. The Gibson home run is one of those moments that when I watch, I feel bad for people who aren't into sports. Like you're missing out on a lot. Yeah, this is, absolutely. If you are invested in teams and invested in, in, the season long struggles, especially a grueling baseball season. And then the playoffs, like that home run to you as a diehard Dodgers fan is, is indescribable. Yeah, it was incredible actually. And that's the thing about it. Like I tell people who don't like baseball, I refer them to moments like that because the miracle of baseball is that, you know, most sports are, bound by a clock you can do whatever you can do until the clock runs out and baseball is you can do whatever you can do until you can't anymore and amazing things can happen they really really can it doesn't happen all the time but it happens and so it makes it completely different from other sports it has everything to do with what you can put into it when it matters most so yeah it stinks that he's gone it's it's a stinky thing but there's so many fabulous fabulous memories to remember uh, and look back on so you know, we can be happy. Sixty-seven years of them, right? <laughs> yeah, John. What do you got? We're we're not going to have another Vince Scully because we don't have the patience to let somebody do something for sixty-seven years anymore. And because of that, we just don't have the same. He just built up this skill that is going to be unrepeatable for anyone in our lifetime. And my favorite moment is the Madison Bumgarner one, where Madison and his wife come across the snake. They kill the snake on a hike. And then they slice it open and they see a rabbit and they nurse the rabbit back to life. So listen to that on YouTube. Do yourself a favor because he he weaves it in so expertly that uh, you just I don't know who else could do that. And he does it off the cuff. I'm sure he thought about it before, but, you know, finding the right moments to do it, um, you know, for for baseball, I think a lot of the the emotion that people have are is directly tied to who's telling them what's going on in the game. And while we watch a lot of baseball on TV and, 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 and radio, I think of the connection that we have is, is likely because of guys like Vin Scully or for me, Pat Hughes, uh, and the late great Ron Santo. Um, those people kind of become your friends as you're watching the game and they, they tell you about it and they inform you in a way that we don't see in a lot of sports. And that's what makes baseball special. And Vince Scully was very clearly the top person to do that in all of baseball. That's what sets Bob Euchre apart is his ability mm -hmm. to make a nine to one game. Interesting because he's telling you a story about something that happened 50 years ago in the clubhouse or 
explaining how you could use the cigarette lighter in your car to cook your using your sausage. <laughs> and, then the, and then the next game he had to do like a disclaimer because apparently somebody <clears throat> tried to do that. Oh so he God. had to explain that he was just kidding. God, I love Bob Euchre. He's amazing. Uh, He's a treasure. Yes. Yeah. He's an old timer. I don't know how you shift gears to this. So I'm just going to kind of jam it into third. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers went on the Aubrey Marcus podcast recently. Um, a lot to unpack here. My main takeaway is this is who he's always been. He just never showed us. Um, these two are clearly great friends, and they've clearly had some very intense psychedelic experiences together. I expected to listen to this two-and-a-half-hour podcast, go home, uh, make up some jokes about it, come in here, make fun of the whole thing, but I was kind of into it. I'm a big believer in if you want positive, you must put positive out there. I think there are things we can't see, energy-related, spiritual things. I'm not a woo-woo guy, but I am a this-can't-be-all-there-is guy. This was pretty woo-woo. He evidently knows more about astrology than any essential oils vegan chick you know. Um, They talked about how much they appreciate each other's friendship. It got pretty deep. Then, Then he brought up the idea of redefining what it is to be a man. Not in the 2022 hack it off terms, but in the real actual common sense way of thinking, mainly how it's important to be unapologetically ourselves, show people we love them, express ourselves honestly, be unafraid of judgment. These are great ideas, but I think if I came into HQ talking about spiritual affection and shit, I think Chris might suggest I go remote from now on. Um, (laughs) What I wasn't into, I don't know. They were talking about going to Greece and people being healed by non-venomous snakes through placebo effect. And, you know, they, they start with the spirit, then the mind, then they heal the body. Very ancient, ancient stuff. It was really interesting. Um, he and Aubrey identified and released this negativity that he had from years of negative self-talk and feelings built up pushing himself towards excellence, acting indifferent, when in fact he cared very much about what everybody thought. And he said that he went down to Peru with Danica. Uh, They did the ayahuasca ceremony and left that experience wanting to do it again. She didn't. He did. They climbed Machu Picchu. Then he did this thing. Uh, Said he left there wanting to do it again, despite the fact that a good portion of it was very unpleasant. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't intrigued. Does this stuff really give you a peek behind the curtain? You really get to see what's beyond this universe? I don't know, but they insist it does. So after this thing, he comes back to the States, literally gets in 30 minutes before we shut down because of COVID, won back-to-back MVP awards, and now he credits those to this spiritual journey. It was wild. You should go check it out. I like it. I came away with a different opinion than I thought I would. Well, he's a very interesting cat, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I think anytime anybody sets aside and dedicates time to actually think about their life and who they are and stops thinking about paying bills and, and all that. I think anytime you do that, whether it's going camping like I did last weekend or something like that, you come back a little bit different. And if you take a purposeful vacation where you're not, you're just disengaging from normal life and you're taking a break from it. Yeah. You're going to come back with a, a renewed sense of self and a, a different world vision. So it could be the ayahuasca. It could be just the dude needed to get off the hamster wheel for a little bit. Uh, I think everybody's different. I think everybody's got a different quote unquote ayahuasca to be able to maximize who they are as a person and stop being what's this, for him. That I like works. That. For me, it's something different, but I think it's an important thing for everybody to just like, I took a year off work just because I was like, I do not like life right now. I'm sick of this. I'm going to hit pause. I'm going to tell every, you know, thing in my life, um, you know, screw off for a little bit, give me some space uh, for the most part. And by doing that, you know, you stumble across things like this podcast or uh, new hobbies and things like that to kind of enrich your life rather than doing what the guy next to you is doing, because that seems right. And it sounds like that's what Aaron Rodgers is doing and he's finding success. And for him, that's ayahuasca or uh, dating weird chicks or opening himself up to, to new things I, I totally get it. I, I, you know, people like to attribute drugs to 
stuff like this. And I think a lot of it is just you are purposely changing something about your mind and, and the drugs help. Uh, so that's that's kind of my opinion on that. I'm not surprised he, he came back different. Do you think find your ayahuasca would be a good T-shirt or do you think people would take that the wrong way? <laughs> no, I think it would be a good T-shirt. <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't know if I buy great. into all of it. I'm just saying. <laughs> Go be a seeker. Boy, I'm just making up t-shirts over here. You guys are you guys are just throwing gold <laughs> at me. I, I, one more point I'd like to throwing make. People. I mean, I think that you can do all of that. I think all athletes do a lot of that every day. And I think that, you know, self-growth has a lot to do with self-reflection and looking at your inner, who you are and where you want to go and taking responsibility and accountability for you know, the things that um, you've done and that you need to do and that you want to do and showing up consistently every day, like that's important. And then new ways to do that, of course. And he's, uh, to me, like, I think that I've seen a lot of ego coming out of him and we all have. And I think he's kind of, um, I think he gets a lot of I don't know, joy out of trolling people. So while this may be the case and what he's done and whatever, like certainly it's not something that he would have had to have shared with everybody and it's semi-controversial. And I think that he loves that. I think he loves the attention. Um, And I think that, you know, maybe he's said it so he's sharing information that could help other people, but I think he's kind of a troll in a way. And I think that he loves when people freak out over the stuff that he does. And, um, like, I think that he just really enjoys that. So for me, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. I'd like to see how this plays out. And he's talking about self-love and, um, talking about, um, unconditional love of himself and other people. So I'll be looking for his unconditional love for other people and his teammates when he's on the field this year, when stuff doesn't go right and he wants to blame others for it. Cause that's the part I always loved about him. <laughs> But um, but good for him because I think he needed that. So if that's how he's got to get there, that's awesome. Like, good for him. I hope it works out. You know, I think that he could use some peace and calm in his life, not just on the football field, but given his, like, family circumstances and all that media circus that everybody talks about that he just doesn't want to deal with and doesn't have to deal with. So hopefully he'll be putting some of that behind him, I hope. Good for him. John, what were you saying? Yeah, it, it was kind of in line with this, but uh, I'm reading a book and it's about manhood and something that we don't do in society today that is kind of analogous to what Aaron Rodgers did is when, when boys are teenagers uh, in old ancient times and even up to a couple hundred years ago, um, in order to teach them the humility, uh, a lot of the elders, a lot of the older men in the, in the group would take young men out into the woods and then give them a task to do for a week, a couple of days, because the one thing that the most arrogant young boy uh, has to respect is Mother Nature. Like you can't you can't take your ego into Mother Nature and win. And I think from that, um, a lot of humility is learned. And I think in today's society, we don't we don't do that unless you're like, I don't know, I, I guess my ritual was going through high school football and sit out in the sun for you know seven hours a day and try not to die. I think this act of humility and placing yourself below and and looking to something greater than yourself, um, perspective and humility that makes you work harder, which to me would lead to somebody being a better football player or a better lawyer or accountant. Uh, To see the world as more than just yourself and you're just this rat racing towards something that you don't even understand. You can't bring your ego into nature and win. You can stroll into a courtroom with your ego and kick some ass, though. <laughs> Evidently, the honorable Judge Sue L. Robinson is about as useful to the NFL as the skip intro button on an episode of Letterkenny. Aw, she thought she was part of the process. Isn't that adorable? They collectively bargained to do it this way, handed off to a separate arbitrator. They did it this way. She ruled based on the letter of the policies that they collectively bargained. And now Commissioner Goodell has asked for a do-over because nothing says we empower women like taking her decision and wiping your ass with it. What did he say? Thanks, sweetheart, but we got it from here. Regardless of what you think about Watson, this is pretty fucked up on its own, in my opinion. Like, why have the well, process? You could argue it both ways. So he he kind of crapped on feminism by overruling a feminine judge, or he is pushing for a stricter punishment on somebody who was... Uh, allegedly abusive towards women because um, he's pushing for a higher 
higher suspension, right? Yeah. Right. I agree, John. I think he needed it to come from an outside source so that this way he could, you know, draw the hammer. Seriously, like his, yeah. it, you know, his rating isn't exactly the best, right? So like when it comes from an outside source, there's third party uh, like validation, we'll call it. And then he can jump and pounce on it. Yeah, this was really his only play, wasn't it? Yeah. And I, I read something interesting that they were pushing for a 12 game suspension because on the 12th game, the Texans play the Browns which I thought was interesting. Money over everything. Yeah. Let's not, I mean, let's send a message, but I mean, let's not fuck up the ratings guys. <laughs> oh my God. We got a new 87 in green Bay, Romeo dogs. Uh, his name is dubs, Dubs, Daubs. I've heard it pronounced numerous ways. He has changed how he wants people to pronounce it a couple times. All I know is he's making what our quarterback calls wow plays every day in practice. Rogers rarely talks up young wide receivers, which you'll hear all over the place. I cannot believe how many people are talking about this rookie fourth round wide receiver, considering we never really elevate them the first year. But Rogers said he reminds him of some of some of the guys who ended up as top 10 all-time pass catchers in Green Bay. At Nevada, the recruiter who was a wide receiver coach brought him in because Daubs met him previously at Snoop Dogg's football camp. There's, I mean, there's 50 bonus points right there and was impressed. He's six foot two, 210, great contested catch guy from what I've seen. He's kicking the shit out of our cornerbacks. I haven't seen Jair covering him though. I saw 43 and a couple others get burned by him. Uh, eighth in 2020, eighth in FBS receiving yards, voted first team all conference. Labeled by scouts and coaches as tough and competitive with an alpha demeanor. We just found our next Devontae Adams, who was also a fourth-round pick from the West Coast. He needs to work on his run-after-catch skills, is what I read, and press man. But there's really nobody nobody better to sharpen those skills than Jair Alexander. He's going to be all over him. So I'm really breaking my own rule with this thing. Rule number one is thou shalt ignore all camp hype. And rule number two is preseason is bad intel. If you follow those two rules, you usually do okay in fantasy football. But I'm definitely, I mean, I've already failed to ignore this. Now if he catches a 50-yard touchdown in preseason, there will be no talking sense to me. I'll be (laughs) drunk on the Kool-Aid. I'm already making up shirt ideas. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like 20 of them already lined up and ready to go. (laughs) Yep. Yep, if this kid's good, I'm in a victory lap. But he could be Jake Kumaro. That could be our situation. But Jordy Nelson showed up to, exactly. Jordy Nelson showed up to practice because he heard all about this new 87 and he wanted to talk to him about representing it properly. So it's exciting. Speaking of Green Bay Packers wide receivers, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I've been on this MVS more touchdowns than Tyreek Hill take for a while, and I've been proudly standing by it. However, it seems like our hyphenated friend brought his brick hands to Kansas City with him. I'm officially concerned after reading multiple camp reports about how many deep balls he's allowing to hit the turf. And then you have this Sky Moore kid who's drawing up entire packages for. MVS could be a $30 million man who is off to the side. I might be screwed here. You, you love this topic. I think uh, you're tracking him like an ex-girlfriend tracks an ex-boyfriend. <laughs> You just very similar. You bounce on any moment to bring up their downfall. Now that <laughs> you say it. it, now that you say that, yes, that's what I'm doing. In another that, thing, they have to change their phone number now. <laughs> and Twitter knows it too. Every time he fucks up, Twitter puts it right in my timeline. Yeah, that algorithm is good. <laughs> See, this is how the robots take over. I didn't even know that was happening. I've been Mm. manipulated by the robots. (laughs) Oh, my God. This this Stephen Ross, Tom Brady, Sean Payton, that shit was real. Oh, Um, my God. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy to... Tinfoil hat, but I'm just saying this is how the world works. Yeah, totally. John John came to us from corporate America. We should have listened to him. This was all real. Um, Dolphins owner was, is a Michigan alum going through back channels and intermediaries in an effort to land not only Tom Brady in Miami, but Sean Payton as well. 
And you can't tell me Bill Belichick didn't know about this. And you can't tell mm-hmm. me that Brian Flores, whoops, I thought I was texting Brian Dable move, wasn't done deliberately to bury a division opponent because I love it. Don Yee is the agent for Tom and Sean Payton. He can do whatever he wants, right? Yeah. But Sean and Tom cannot be involved. Which begs the question, why was this such a clusterfuck? If they both have the same agent, how dumb or arrogant are these guys to just make it easy to get caught? How do you mess that up? Yeah. 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 I, uh, <laughs> the league did a six-month... The league did a six-month investigation, and they found enough to take a first-round pick, a third-round pick, and suspend the owner, Stephen Ross, until October. The claim, the claims by Flores that they offered 100K to lose a game were found to not be credible. Well, he said the words, but when deposed, he said, ah, I was just kidding, guys. It was just a goof, man. Yeah, <laughs> and they shrugged and said, okay. This guy owns most of Manhattan, Stephen Ross. He doesn't give a fuck. Small-town guys like uh, Roger Goodell or some random owner, don't scare him at all. There's no there's no trouble a guy like him can't buy his way out of. I'm sure he's taking this That's time on real hard. That's how this happens, right? When you're not worried. You have nothing to lose. You don't care. Yeah. That's how it happens. Like, what were they thinking? It didn't matter. <laughs> That's what they were thinking. He's probably crying mm-hmm. in his lobster on a yacht off the Amalfi Coast right now, just <laughs> you know- thinking about what he's done. You know when the owners all get together to put him in a back room and beat the shit out of him? Like, <laughs> so far like especially the Tampa Bay Bucks owner. Like, you son of a bitch. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. This was yeah. going on while Tom was in New England. And then, again, while Tom was in Tampa Bay, this is a multi-year campaign, evidently. Yeah. And it he didn't get though. it done. Which, is, Which makes I, me wonder how many deals have just have been done and we never, you know, because sometimes in sports you're like, wow, that guy went for a fourth round pick. That's crazy. Well, that could be tied to something they did six months ago. Yeah. And this is the payoff right. for that. And this one yeah. was so blatantly crazy that they're like, oh, great. Now we have to say something about it, guys. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. This is like the monkey pox of like, you're going to make us talk about this. Right. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. I, I love it though. I, I think it adds drama. I love to see uh, an old rich white guy um, trip over his dick on something like this. It kind of makes me happy knowing that the world isn't completely rigged and that he can uh, he can face consequences as well. And the reports that he was pissed off. It's like, how are you pissed off? You got caught with your hand in the cookie jar, and. You didn't get it done. So that those are the consequences, bud. Speaking of consequences, uh, Saints rookie offensive lineman Trevor Penning was kicked out of practice for fighting on three straight practice days. Coach Dennis Allen said the team needs to keep its composure to get better in practice. We don't have time for that, he said. Um, I watched the beginning and, you know, how all these fights started, and he just does not stop. Like, it's practice. The ball is gone, and he's still trying to drive this guy into the ground or even the safety who's coming in on a, on a quarterback hurry. He's trying to twist this guy, throw him down. Like He's going to hurt somebody if he keeps this up. So the guys get up and start swinging at him, justifiably. So this guy's a pest, but I think that's what you want on the offensive line. You want a nasty – like Josh Sitton was just like this. He was an asshole. But everybody in the locker room respected him because he got his job. Got well, the job. Most Saints players Chicago, are assholes, right? That asshole thing works really well if you can like not get a penalty. He was like, "Oh yeah, like there's no bad blood. Like we're just like intense. Like we're like you know practicing." And I was like, "You're practicing for potential penalties later. Like there's something to be said for self control. Like those are usually the people who win." Just saying, yeah. you can keep your shit together, like you know. So I was like, "Oh, this is great," because there's nothing that pisses me off more when my team is like, you know, in it to win it, and it comes down to some stupid ass penalty because they can't control themselves. So it's mm-hmm. kind of a formula for disaster. I get it's like a hype thing, and but probably not smart. He'll be yeah, fun save to watch. that shit. Save that about shit for the opponents. I mean, right. if you. Save that shit for the opponents because if you're doing it with, you know, to your teammates, they're not going to have your back when you get in that fight on Sunday. But if you're just saving it for the opponents, your teammates are going to be like, that's our guy. He's just, he's just gritty. And they're going to get in there and defend you. 
But if he's like, no, this guy tore Malcolm's ACL last week. Fuck this guy. I read an article. They described it as a fracas. And I, so I wanted you guys to know I'm bringing that word back. A fracas. fracas. A Donnybrook, if right. you will. Yes. Just playful. You Could know. you describe the fracas, sir? <laughs> <laughs> I believe the, the real line is ruckus, but. Ruckus. Yeah. Ruckus, yeah. Speaking of practice, Cowboys third year cornerback Trayvon Diggs, who was probably just on the right side of variance last year when he snagged 11 interceptions. He got cooked so badly for a touchdown by a no name rookie that he deactivated his Twitter account. It wasn't that bad. I wanted it to be because it's the Cowboys and I'd love to make fun of them. But I have to be somewhat subjective here. I don't think it was delete your Twitter level bad. Yeah, but. He had he had 11 last year. He's an aggressive player. He jumps routes all the time. He takes a lot of guesses. I can just see McCarthy talking to this kid like Paulie told Hendry, like, you know, Dion was great. He's a Hall of Famer. But you, kid, you are not. Don't make a jerk out of me. I'm not talking about OTAs or preseason. You did what you had to do. I'm talking about now, here and now. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Mike Zimmer, 70 years old. The old guy's in a cabin unemployed. I don't need that. You know? Then slap Chill out. <laughs> yeah, stop guessing the routes. Well, he had 11 interceptions last year because he's really not that great of a corner because they target him all the time. That so is another way to look at it. If, you, if you're targeted, I don't know, 70% of the pass plays, you're, you're going to get some interceptions if you're moderately good. That's true. In other Twitter news, the Vikings bid farewell to linebacker Anthony Barr by tweeting out a photo of him hitting Aaron Rodgers well after the ball was thrown, no flag, by the way, and breaking his collarbone. Stay classy, Minneapolis. This is how they are. This is extremely on brand for the Minnesota Vikings with their dusty, empty trophy case just desperately grasping at anything that resembles victory like a drowning... I don't know what animal I can drown right now and keep it fun, so I'll just say... <laughs> So that didn't surprise oh, me. Care to, care to comment, Minnesota Vikings fan? Oh, Eric, <laughs> Eric, Eric. <laughs> I can't wait for the season to start. I thought Minnesota was supposed to be nice. Like gunning, gunning, gunning for your quarterback, as far as I've heard. So um, you know what? Let's get this show going. I'm excited. Yeah. You just keep talking over there, mister. Speaking of talking, man, I might just knocking the segues into the cheap seats today <laughs> speaking of um i have composed a 2022 nfl pronunciation guide for us some of the more difficult names to pronounce in the nfl i watched youtube videos um i tried to find if i could the player saying his name couldn't always do that but i've got what two four six uh seven dolphins Where's have that? a couple dolphins Dolphins have a cornerback, Noah I-G-B-I-N-O-G-H-E-N-E, Igbinogany. Noah Igbinogany. Um, and then they have quarterback Tua Tagoveloa. Tagoveloa is what the video said, just like it's spelled. So I don't know why we're arguing about well, Tua. Well, announcers seem to slip in an N, Tua Tagoveloa. Like, or a G. Yep. Yeah, or a, a, like a, a strong G yeah, after the end. Yeah, it's very odd. Um, Chiefs running back Clyde Edwards Hilaire is what I saw in multiple sources. I'm not 100% sure on this one. It's Hilaire or Hilaire. It seemed like the proper way is to pronounce the H. Maybe. Um, Colts defensive end Yannick. N-G-A-K-O-U-E Ngakwe. I love names where you say the just the N sound where you go Ngakwe. Mm-hmm. Those are fun. I'm a big fan of language. Mm-hmm. Like Ndamakinsu, but well, his yes. nickname is that a-hole or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever yeah. you want to shorten it up to. <laughs> yep. And then these are these are the best, I think. Jaguars running back Travis E-T-I-E-N-N-E is a French name. Yeah. Etienne from Clemson. There's a guy who made a video, a passionate video about how it's a French name. And Mm -hmm. these American broadcasters need to stop mangling it. It's Etienne, which is very aggressive. Etienne. (laughs) 
Now, I took two years of French because that's where all the girls were. And you can't, as an American, try to speak proper French and no. not sound like a douche. If no, you're right. really trying, you sound I'm like a douche. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's cleanse the palate. This is my favorite one. Broncos tight end Albert O is what everybody calls him. People don't even try it. Turns out he has a middle name, too, that's quite interesting. Um, his middle name... I don't have the spelling of it. I only have the pronunciation of it is Chumequeca. So it's Albert Chumequeca O-K-W-U-E-G-B-U-N-A-M. Okuebunam. Albert Chumequeca Okuebunam. His middle name, Chumequeca, means God does wonderful for us. And his last name means evil cannot bring it down. Very cool. Badass. I might draft him to my fantasy team. I mean, I watched enough cool. highlights and interviews with him. He's a great kid. I'm a big fan of Albert uh, Okuebenam now. I like and it. And get ready for this one next year. Clemson quarterback DJ Weongalele. We U-I-A-G-A-L-E-L-E-I. Weongalele. Now, what does the DJ stand for? That's got to be some wild shit, too, right? <laughs> David John. Nice. All right. Yeah. What do we have? 47 minutes? Perfect. Brittany Griner turns out in Soviet Russia. Vid smoke you. Nine years for marijuana possession. It seems extreme, and it is, but it's also not our culture. Russia is not a big proponent of fucking around. It's a lot more finding out over there than fucking around. Sometimes you don't even have to fuck around to find out. You just find out, and <laughs> off to the gulag you go. Trump would have had her back home by now just as a flex to show us he could do it. And you know, that's true. Regardless of what you think about him, he's an egomaniac and he would have loved to victory lap this thing. I mean, she's got whatever the Russian equivalent of a public defender is. And I doubt it's very equivalent. Probably doesn't speak a ton of Russian yet. Check back in 2027. I bet she's making nesting dolls out of toilet paper rolls and reading Vladimir Lenin. Yeah, but America sucks. Okay, I can go. I can go down to the gas station right now and buy a vape. I could walk into the police station, blow it in their face, and they're so declawed now. All they'd probably do is ask me nicely to take it outside. But this is oppression central. Got it. I'm having a hard time finding sympathy for this chick. I mean, it's excessive, but also. <laughs> I, when you travel abroad, especially to a don't fuck around yeah. country like Singapore or China yeah. or Russia, don't or the Philippines, like you hear the story. I've seen locked up abroad. And that's that's the core of my opinion on this is if it was you or I, we'd just be another episode of locked up abroad. Maybe that's it. It sucks. I mean, you know, legitimately, if she forgot, and I mean, it's legal, you know, it's over here, it's legal, you know, in spots, and it's, hey, you know, you forget, and, but I just, parts of me is like, did she legitimately forget that poor girl, like, that totally sucks, and another part of me is like, or was she like, oh, I'm an athlete, like, I'll get caught, and then I'll just throw it away and get on the plane, you know, like, or, or get off get out of the airport or, you know, did she really even think about it? Deep down, I, I wonder. It's, I tend to believe she forgot it because I'm sure coaches, teammates, they had a, they had to talk about this. Like, Hey, make sure you have nothing when we go through customs because you're not going home. If you do. Well, then how do you forget? Uh, it's your life, your job. You, you your don't, career, your, you don't. I mean, you don't. You don't forget. They 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 bash that into your head, uh, guaranteed. But I mean, just talk about a case of being in the wrong place at the wrong oh. time. I, I feel for her in some regards. She did break the law. Um, you really gotta you really gotta keep be careful when it comes to stuff like that. Uh, traveling abroad is is not a joke, and you no. just can't do stuff like that. And. It, I do. I think in the spirit of everything going on, I do think she's wrongfully detained because let's be honest, it's just a vape pen. Nine years for a vape pen. Really? Are you kidding me? It's, it's all a political stunt. It's all a political stunt, but at this it's, I'd say 30% should, she shouldn't have done that. 70%. What the hell? I mean, just find her and let her go. Agreed. Yeah. If she was you or you or me, 
and it was just us regular people, how would that have gone? You know, it would have been different. Yeah. I've got an update, breaking news on the name pronunciations. Um, Chris has let me know that Etienne means crown, like king. So mm-hmm. he's Fantastic. he's moving up. He's moving up multiple spots in my rankings. Um, uh, but real quick on Brittany Griner, she didn't get arrested for having a vape pen. She got arrested for having a vape pen that had marijuana in it, which is an illegal substance. So the vape right, pen right. is not the issue. Which a lot right. of people on the news keep saying, oh, she just had a vape pen. She just had a vape pen. She had a, a, an illegal, illegal drugs in the vape pen. Right. So as we sit here and cry about being motherfucking oppressed in the fucking freedom capital of the world, welcome to motherfucking Russia. Mm-hmm. If right. that was me, Eric, John, Angela, we would rot over there. Yeah. Straight mm-hmm. up. We would rot over there because there because there's going to be a lot of media on this. So they're probably not going to treat her as bad as what some people would be treated over there. They're probably going to keep it somewhat civil. They don't want a warm beer situation like North Korea had. But I I've read Brittany Griner stuff since she was at Baylor and she's not a fucking fan of this country. And she's not a fan of what we stand for and what our forefathers built. Yeah, just a lot of so irony. Get some of that, <laughs> right? What? Lots of irony. Right? A, lot of, a lot of irony <laughs> there. Uh, the thing that, if I'm being honest, it makes me a little mad is if we do trade this guy, who is probably a top ten evil guy in the world. It's like how much blood is going to be on Brittany Griner's hand because she wanted to have hash oil in Russia. So we trade that guy. He's going to roam free. He's going to be selling arms all over the world, which is literally his name. And it's going to be like, oh, oh, we're all glad that Brittany Griner's out. But it's like, well, we also have a terrorist running around the world because she decided to do that. Right. That's the reality of the situation. No emotion, no political thing. It's just tit for tat. We're trading one of the baddest dudes on the planet for a chick who doesn't even like America. But that's what America does. And I'm not saying that's wrong or right, but she's an American. We're trying to bring her back. And so there's just a lot of ironies. There's a lot of mixed messaging within it, but that's just, it's, it's an unfortunate reality that it's probably going to go through. A lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have you. If you think that's confusing, uh, Jeff Bezos bought a mountain in West Texas and he's having a giant clock built inside. I told you guys it was 200 feet tall yesterday. I found out that's incorrect. It's actually going to be 500 feet tall when completed, powered by the day night thermal cycles of the earth. It's supposed the to what? represent the importance, supposed to represent the importance of long-term thinking, which is hilarious coming from a slave mogul. His long-term is the only long-term that Jeff Bezos cares about even a little. This is probably some deal he made with the underworld or the aliens. I don't know, but there's a video of them building it. It's quite interesting. It's a, it's a feat of engineering. I'll say that, but it, it scares me a little. The rich dudes are getting weird, man. Build. <laughs> Getting weird. Bill, Bill Gates. <laughs> every I don't even know if it's fake news or whatever, but you read Bill Gates is invested in a monkeypox vaccine, and wow, we've got monkeypox, and hey. he's buying land all over the country for farming. And Jeff Bezos is being weird. I think the rich and powerful are getting to that stage, like Rockefeller did, like Carnegie did, where they're like, "I want to live forever," and those guys are a little bit worrisome. Yeah, weird 80 years ago or 100 years ago is definitely not weird now. <laughs> I'm going to build a railroad. That was the big shot across the bow. <laughs> now it's like, yeah. I'm going to build a time capsule. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and in 10,000 years when the aliens come, I'm the only one they won't kill because I built their clock. <laughs> right, yeah. Gosh, oh, I just goodness. keep hearing the X-Files theme song yeah, nice. and all of this. Richard that would be Branson funny if that's, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's the chime. Um, oh last my God, one. Be brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Last one. Um, we made history in Concord, Massachusetts. The police department overnight shift was staffed by all female officers for a historic first. The department shared a post on Facebook writing, we love to see history being made by our female officers out there. And I was wondering, is this like, you know, a regular shift, but it turned out it was 
they just kind of all happen to be working on the same night. However, the shifts move around and stuff. I'm not so sure how I feel about that. What if, you know, there's a, there's a lot of what ifs again, a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have yous, but it was I feel like there are, shift. there are some laws that don't exist after 11 PM. If it's an all woman shift. Now, a couple of them look like they could tackle me, but you know, <laughs> Things get wild out there in these in these Concord streets. <laughs> <laughs> what state is this in? Connecticut? Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So full disclosure, I shared this with the guys a couple weeks ago, and we said, you know what? Let's let this simmer a little bit. Let's come up with what the movie would be about this all-woman police force. And I got way into it last night. I was uh googling actor i was thinking about movies that i'd seen who was so i have uh i have a few roles i don't know what you guys have again we don't discuss this stuff before i don't think we should ever start either um (laughs) because i give very vague requests and then we all just bring stuff and it's all quite different um so the roles i have are as follows chief you gotta have a chief you gotta have a grizzled vet you gotta have a new cadet you got to have a stickler or a hard ass, somebody who is all about the rules all the time. You have to have a chauvinist in there, uh, an antagonist. And every police movie's got to have a loose cannon. You mm. need a judge. Um, and then I also cast a DA because I had a couple ideas. So how do how should we do this? Should I run through mine or I want to hear about I want to hear yours. I want to hear yours first. Angela, Ladies first. What, what, yeah, what do you got? Um, well, <laughs> I just a couple that struck to me, like, um, so the like the newbie, I think, would be like Ariana Grande would be a good newbie, like the sweet, silly, like she would probably be good for that. Um, That's better than anything I have for the new cadet, I think. Oh, really? That's good. That's <laughs> okay. good. Nice. I think I got um, you beat on that one, but go ahead. Oh no, really? Okay. Well, well, we can go back and forth. The grizzled vet maybe would be like I don't know. Like I was thinking like Queen Latifah or something. Like she's like <laughs> like a lovable badass. I'm not sure. John, go. I want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> she would be a fun loose cannon too. I, yeah. Should right. Should I give my rundown? Yeah, yeah. I want to hear. <laughs> sure. Eric and I kind of took the same approach. So at the sergeant, I've got Allison Jan. She was in the West Wing. She's a phenomenal actress. She's won like four straight Emmys. So she's kind of good at uh, uh, laying down the law. Then you got the detective. That's Catherine Hahn. She was in WandaVision. Uh, she's been in a lot of comedies. She's hilarious. Yeah. Um, the by the book cop I've got as Kristen Bell. She'd be good at that. Um, <laughs> Then the newbie used to be a mom cop is Melissa McCarthy. So she's played the grizzled cop before, but I, I picture her as the character who literally was just a mom a month ago. And now she has to shoehorn that into every conversation where it's like, I don't know. I used to be a mom. And so she's just like new on the force and bungles everything. And then uh, from from breastfeeding. (laughs) Yes. Then you got the too old for this shit cop. That's Kathy Bates. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And then you got the the just a little bit too hot cop, and that's Kate Beckinsale, where she's just a little bit too hot to be effective. Everybody's just under her spell every time she starts pulling people over. You know, she's breaking up a frat party and it makes it worse. You know, she shows up and everyone's just like, whoa. So that's my rundown. (laughs) I started thinking about the chief and immediately Jane Lynch came to mind. Uh, I thought that was was too easy. Um, Jane Lynch from best of show and everything funny you've ever seen. Basically. Then I thought, okay, what is a great role in only murders in the building? Uh, If if you like Jane Lynch, she plays Steve Martin's stunt double. (laughs) Love <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Sorry. So then I thought, well, Judith Light might be a, a decent curveball, but she seems a little too boring. Jennifer Coolidge, maybe? Stifler's uh, yep. mom? Yep. Or Definitely. Beyonce. Or Queen uh-huh. Bay Beyonce. She wouldn't be, you know, she could get, she could be the sassy loud judge who mm-hmm. literally throws the book at people. Um, yep. Grizzled vet options. I have Rosie Perez. 
Yes. She'd be solid. Oh my gosh, nice. <laughs> Francis McDormand from Fargo. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Or Winona Ryder. I think Winona, Winona Ryder. Ryder. <laughs> a, a pissed off, like just frazzled, too much shit going on at home. Like, I don't have time for your ass boot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> New cadets. New cadets. Um, I think Lupita Nyong'o, the girl yeah. from mm-hmm. Black Panther yeah. and 12 Years a Slave. Yeah, I think she's a, she's more of a serious actress, but I think she has the range. Zendaya puts asses in seats. It's that mm-hmm. simple. You could cast mm-hmm. Zendaya as the new cadet and, and sell tickets. Um, Rebel Wilson, you can't miss with Rebel Wilson. Mm-hmm. Or the chick from Stranger Things, Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman's daughter. She oh, plays yeah. a good spaz. I forgot what her name is. Um, Maya Hawk. Yes, Maya Hawk. The the stickler. I have Helena Bonham Carter. She's mm-hmm. great as a bitch. She her. was awesome in mm-hmm. Fight Club. Um, Jessica Chastain, who I'm pretty sure she is a is a bitch. Um, I thought she would be a good DA. I have her as a DA actually. Ooh, that's good. That's yeah. that's actually better. Or Tilda Swinton, Edie yeah. Falco. Rosario Dawson. Yeah, Yeah, E. Falco would be good. Rosario Dawson. Sandra Bullock, maybe. Sandra Bullock would be too funny and lighthearted, I think, maybe to be the stickler. Um, The chauvinist, you got to have a guy to just hit with a baseball bat repeatedly throughout the movie with remarks. Um, Dean Norris, probably my favorite one for that. Dean Norris would be great. Um, Ed Harris. Ben Affleck, douche in every movie he's ever been in. Yeah, I think yeah. he would knock it out of the park. Ed Norton would bring, bring some great dry wit insults, I think, to the mm-hmm. ladies and really gas them up. Loose Cannon, this one's not going to make sense at first, but just sit with it for a second. Natalie Portman. She can play uh, a while. Or that, sh- or that short chick from iCarly, the blonde one. Again, if it, she, she, dated, uh, she dates basketball players. The pictures are ridiculous because she's only like up to his hip. Can't remember her name. Um, Uma Thurman, Jada Pinkett Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith as the loose cannon. Or I think in a pinch, if you're on a budget, you could put Rebel Wilson in a wig and let her play that role too. <laughs> you know who would be a good loose cannon is Sofia Vergara. Yes, yes. I have her. I have her for uh, DA. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't or know you- what. I don't know where is safety. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the judge Ooh. went a little more traditional. My first thought was Annette Benning, And then I thought about maybe Halle Berry or Julianne Moore. Kathy yeah. Bates made my judge yeah. list. But my favorite mate, Catherine O'Hara would be. Oh, oh Nicole yeah. Byer. Final answer. Nicole Byer. Uh. I love her. Have you? Do you ever watch Nailed It? Yeah, no. she's hilarious. <laughs> yes, she's hilarious. Uh, um, Yvette Nicole Brown uh, would also be good. She was in uh, Community, and then she does like a lot of hosting stuff too. Uh, she'd be good, kind of in that same thought. Rashida Jones, maybe she's maybe <sighs> old, not old enough to be a judge. Hey, I don't think Rashida Jones is good in anything. I don't. Yeah, she's cute, but if you I want don't... milk toast. You got it. I think you're. I think you're right. Who's the chick who looks like Rashida Jones but is hilarious? All right, mm-hmm. fine. D. A. Sophie Turner, Regina King, or Sophia Vergara. I think would be mm-hmm. would be the number one. And then because we have to put Melissa McCarthy in this movie by law, yeah, um, she can be the bailiff. I think she'd make a passable bailiff. Nice. <laughs> <By law. laughs> I love it. <laughs> Wait, who would be the? Uh, the the cop everybody picks on and doesn't like because mine would be Anne Hathaway. Oh, she'd be perfect oh. for that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I also have heard Anna Kendrick is not a nice person, so I feel like she'd be good at uh, Zoe Deschanel. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. For the annoying cop. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> oh, oh man. man. Or just get those chicks from Zolian Isles. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They already work as a team. Well, that's it. We're through the 16 topics. We made it. I feel like we did a good job. I'm proud of us. Look at us. 
you know, hey, it doesn't matter. Like the other night we had Moon off on. We were down two people. I think it went great. Like everybody just, I'm, hey, we got, John, we got the right people on the bus. Just like you said. All right, let's wrap it up before I fuck it up. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you've come this far, then you like the show and you owe us a five-star review. I don't make the rules if you already have. Congratulations. You're our favorite kind of person, especially if you type some words in there. We're like kids. Any attention is good attention. You can say whatever you want. You can say that host guy is just great. I don't care what you type. Uh, so long as there are words in there, it's all positive for us. Until next time, be good to each other. Please world's a shitty place make it less shitty chris kick the outro music you've been listening to patriot sports radio if you're sick of all the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media like we are this show is for you we hope you enjoyed it make sure to like rate and review and we'll be back soon for more content and merch hit up www.patriotsportsnow.com Find us on Twitter at Patriots Pod, on Instagram and Facebook at Patriots Sports Now, and on Getter, Rumble, and YouTube at Patriots Sports. Take care, and we'll see you next time.